Let's start uh, this morning by reading Psalms uh, one from Psalms 107. Psalms 107, uh, the first two verses, and then we're going to drop down to verse 22. Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2, and I'll be reading uh, from the New King James Version this morning. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Then drop down to verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, we do give thanks for Your Word. For to your children, it is the sword that we we use, Lord, and the promises that we go to in times of trouble, in times of need, and in times of rejoicing. So, Lord, help us to learn all the more of giving thanks. And, Lord, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's name and in his sake I pray. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be focusing on giving thanks to God. And it, it always seems quite fitting to me that you know we have a day that's coming up here on Thursday, a holiday here in America, that the, the country that God has placed us. And from time to time, I, I like to, when we come upon something like this, I like to give an explanation of the, in, the original intent of why we have such a day in this country that we live. And I know it's sort of a history lesson, but, uh, and I know the parents uh, that are here this morning, you're teaching your children this, but I want them to hear it from their pastor as well, that, that I hold these things to be important for us who are citizens of America, even though as Christians we know that our citizenship is in heaven, but while we're yet alive and walking around in flesh and blood, we are here. And so what was the original intent behind a national day of thanksgiving in this country? Uh, the, The first presidential proclamation concerning a national day of giving thanks was made by George Washington, our first president. And this was in 1789, and and even then, there was opposition. Imagine that. Even then, there, there was opposition among the different political members of Congress concerning the wording that Washington proposed in this proclamation. And we know that uh, Thanksgiving wouldn't become a national holiday till 1863. And this was... Uh, uh, President Abraham Lincoln, and he made a, a very similar proclamation that George Washington did. And and, and again, I, I bring this up because these two documents are the types of documents that the uh, the historical revisionists want to do away with. They, they hope that documents like this will just go away, to never be heard from again. And they want to downplay these documents and and try to eliminate them, especially from history books in public school. You don't want any mention of these things in a public school. 
And, and I'm not going to read uh, the whole proclamations today. I, I did. You can go online and, and read them. And, and I did print off a few copies of each one of these if, if you want a copy of them uh, after the service. But let me read just a couple excerpts. Uh, this is from Lincoln. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. And again, what he had just been talking about was uh, he was referencing the blessings that America had enjoyed in its founding and development. And, and even though this is still, civil war is still going on at this time. And even though this is going on, this this is what he's saying. No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that we should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. A word from President of the United States in 1863. Let me read a couple of things from Washington, 1789. He made this appeal uh, within this proclamation to do this. To acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. Acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. To acknowledge that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and that will be. Beseech Him to pardon our national and other transgressions. That was Washington. And if you caught those, I hope you had scripture that was coming to mind as we were reading those. Because these are biblical requests, are they not? Uh, here, I want to do this. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, uh, where, where Washington said, Acknowledge Almighty God. How about this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways do what? Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. And what will happen? He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your body and strength to your bones. So to acknowledge Him. And then also I love that line that was in there. Acknowledge Him as the author of all good that was, that is, and that will be. That sound like from James. James first chapter verse 17. James 1. Verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And in Hebrews 13.8, you know this verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, forever. So to acknowledge Him, who is the author of all that is that 
all good that was, that is, and that will be. And what else did he say? He said, beseech him, beseech the Lord to pardon our national and other transgressions. Did Second Chronicles come to mind? Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So, uh, I don't want, of, of course, this. This is what we go to. But uh, don't you thank the Lord that He has placed us where He has placed us? And where we have a freedom that many countries do not have to come and gather like this with, without persecution. We don't know what persecution is yet in this country. Perhaps we will. Uh, in in the days ahead, I, I don't know. The Lord does, but ah, that that we would look to the Lord and remember the founding of the country in which He has placed us, and remember that much of it, uh, how deeply uh, they they were in the Word and and in the Lord, because we know politicians and say a lot of things, and do they really know it? And do they really live it? Well, the Lord knows that. But when most of America is celebrating a national holiday this Thursday, you know, many of them have largely disconnected any thought that it is a tie to giving thanks to Almighty God. It's just a day off. It's just a day for football. It's a day for family gatherings. And in the midst of all that, may the children of God use this time to focus on and talk about the biblical call of giving thanks to God. And of giving thanks from a biblical perspective. And, and for me, anytime we have these holidays on our calendar here in this country, it's to me it's a wonderful and great time for Christian witnessing. So let me ask, do we as Christians, born-again believers, have anything to be thankful for? <laughs> That's a ridiculous question, isn't it? It really is. The one utmost highest thing to be thankful for, Barb and I talked about that, or she mentioned it this morning, our salvation. Our salvation. Uh, let, let's read those verses uh, from Psalms 107 again. 107, verse 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I, I love that passage, don't you? It's it's great. Let the redeemed say so. Let let the redeemed of God not be silent, uh, even when opposition may come. And one of the things that we heard in in the Friday night was, let us not sound retreat, but let us sound reveille. Let, let, Let us awaken from our spiritual slumber, you see. And then if you drop down to that verse 22 one more time, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. So may we daily give thanks because He has redeemed us, child of God. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. And may all other aspects of our life flow from our first being thankful to God for His grace and mercy toward us. Let all other thanksgiving come from knowing that we are redeemed. 
that we are redeemed. Colossians 1. We're going to read an awful lot of scripture today. Uh, hopefully you've got a pen and paper. You can write these things down. We, we're, we're going to go through them. And, and if not, I can give you a copy of them afterwards that you might go back and, and refresh on these. And in Colossians, the first chapter, uh, verses 10 through 14. Apostle Paul was saying that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Now, I'm going to pause there for a minute. Doesn't that tie in with a lot of what Brother Jim was saying this morning? How are we going to face what may come in our future? Well, that's some good stuff right there. And in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. How powerful a word is that? And that gets me every time. And as I said, I hope you have scripture that when you read it, it it just touches your heart. How powerful a word. The Father has qualified us, not we ourselves. He has made us fit for eternal life with Him. Not by works of righteousness, which I have done, which with you have done, but by His mercy, He has saved us. He has saved us. He qualifies us. He redeems us. He purchases us through the sacrifice of His only begotten Son. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2. 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That echoes what Paul said in Ephesians 2, doesn't it? Let's read just a couple verses from Ephesians 2, uh, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. This was every one of us. And perhaps some who will even listen to this sermon, this might still be you. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was once every one of us in darkness, dead in our trespasses and sins. But all, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. How? By the blood of Christ. By the sacrifice of the cross. How, how essential is the cross? It, it's, it's the central Pinnacle, I would say, for the children of God. Delivered from the power of darkness, redeemed from the hand of the enemy, called out of darkness and into His marvelous light, and may we be forever grateful and abounding in thanksgiving to God. 
uh, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. As one who has been taught the word of truth and having received Jesus Christ the Lord, therefore walk in Him. Walk in Him. Be rooted in Him. Be built up in Him. Be established in the faith and abound in thanksgiving. (laughs) And the only way we can abound with thanksgiving at all times, regardless of the circumstances of life that we may be facing, is to be rooted, grounded, and established. Amen? Otherwise, we're going to be tossed to and fro by every circumstance of life, by every wind of doctrine that may come along. But we need to be, as children of God, fully trusting the Lord and His Word. Oh, even when tough times come, right? Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Some of you have this committed to memory. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes, when the trial comes, when the persecution comes, when whatever circumstances of of life may come to try to get us down and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding, what? Fruit. Brother Jim talked about this again. Oh, may we never cease from yielding, as children of God, yielding the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. That's the evidence that we are saved, isn't it? I mean, if you want to know if someone's saved or not, look at their life and and how are they... Is their life bearing the fruits of, of salvation in the fruit of the Spirit? Although the Lord is the one who knows. But all oh, we can see fruit, can't we? And will the fruit bear out the profession of faith? It should. It should. Uh, how can it not? How about Psalms, the first chapter, the first three verses again? Verses that many of you committed to memory, but but as a lyric to one of the songs that we sang says, Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is. It's good. It's good. Good. I need to be reminded. You need to be reminded of the Word of God and to come back over and over and over and be refreshed with the Word of God. Psalms 1, the first three verses. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Here it is again. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall never wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And whatever we do, according to the will of God, will prosper. Amen? Everything that we do according to the will of God will prosper. This this doesn't mean anything that we we want to do. No, it's everything that God wants us to do. That God wants us to do. And whatever we do 
shall prosper. So Paul had said, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, according, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Again, we're talking about, I've talked about some about evidence of salvation. Isn't an evidence of salvation a heart of thanksgiving? Now, will we have our ups and downs in this life? Yes. Does a child of God still sin? Yes. But all, ultimately it should come back to a time of thanksgiving and rejoicing in the Lord that, that we will abound or overflow with thanksgiving. That, that the heart of the true believer should be marked by thanksgiving. Uh, let's go to Colossians 3. We're, we're reading a lot of Colossians 3. Uh, for your homework, you can just go read that whole little book. Man, it is wonderful. Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. Oh, to abound in thanksgiving, get, acknowledging the Lord. And then it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That everything that we would say and do be done in giving thanks to God and in lifting up the name of Jesus. If you go uh, from Galatians, just go on over into the fourth chapter. Verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Being vigilant, being watchful. The NASB says keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. See, may, may everything we say and do come from an attitude of thanksgiving. And, and perhaps some of you have heard uh, others say that we would have an attitude of gratitude. I, I believe they probably get that from that verse right there. An attitude of gratitude to God our Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And, and all throughout Paul's letters, uh, when we read it, I don't think you're going to find a single one, I don't think, and I didn't look this up that I could say it with all certainty, but it, it, I would think you'd be hard-pressed to find one of his letters in which in some form or fashion he didn't give thanks. That he didn't give thanks. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul gives a list of foundational principles for a thankful Christian life. Now these... <laughs> These first two verses were those memory verses that uh, you could learn really quick, right? And get your little star. First uh, Thessalonians 5 or 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah, you, you, you want any of you wanting to know the will of God for you? And have you ever been asked that question? Well, I just don't know the. I just don't know God's will. Well, here's where you start. You, you go into the Word of God and you take these verses like this and say, "Well, here's the things that are the will of God for every believer." So why don't we start there? 
And are we living according to these things? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And and probably every time I have read that throughout the years, I always... Because the, the question may arise, but preacher, what does it mean in everything give thanks? And someone may say to me, you know, preacher, there are things that have happened in my life or that I'm facing right now that I'm not necessarily thankful for. So I see my brother over there, wife's in the hospital, has already had her right arm amputated from the elbow down. Going to have surgery tomorrow for a a mastectomy on the right side. And here I'm reading a verse that says, in everything give thanks. Brother, you may be sitting there going, preacher, you know what I'm going through. How can I give thanks in such a time as this? Because the thought may come, you know, preacher, I've been praying. I've been praying like the Apostle Paul. No, when, when when Paul had that thorn in the flesh, and what did he do? He prayed, he prayed, he prayed. I'm praying, I'm praying, Lord, why don't, why don't you remove this? Why don't you fix this? And I've been doing all that. Nothing seems to be happening. Well, I would I would tell them, as I tell myself, to keep reading that portion of Scripture about the Apostle Paul. And, and let's read it from Second Corinthians 12. Let's read from verse 9 through 9 and 10. This, this is after Paul had prayed. And here's what the Lord said to him. In the midst of what Paul was facing and enduring the pain, whatever this was, this thorn in the flesh that he had, And he said to me, and the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Brother Dwayne, I would say, God's grace is sufficient. It's sufficient for you. It's sufficient for Mary. God's grace is sufficient. Regardless of what happens here on this earth, because we know what's in store for us in the days to come. And and so never lose sight. His grace is sufficient. And that's for all of us, amen? Never lose sight, as, as Brother Jim talked this morning, and, and, and regardless of what may come our way, Brother Tim's here with us today, and I expect a testimony from you later in the midst of, of, of everything. And uh, times get tough sometimes, don't they? But in the midst of it, always know His grace is sufficient, Amen? And regardless of what may come our way on this earth, may we never forget and always go back to His grace is sufficient. By grace we have been saved through faith. And His grace is sufficient. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather... I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. (laughs) And Mary is already doing that. 
you know, in talking to her, she is rejoicing in her infirmities already. And already given that arm a n- nickname, it's okay if I talk about that. I think I put it in the email I sent out. It's Stumpy. She now has Stumpy over here. And, and she's talking about it, and she's doing this very thing, taking pleasure in her infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, sometimes the Lord has to bring us to the end of a rope. We get too dependent upon ourselves. We get too dependent upon worldly knowledge. And sometimes He allows us to go through trials. And we know that. Read the book of James if you don't believe that. And we go through trials that that our faith may be strengthened, that our faith may, may resound in knowing that it's not me, it's not my strength, it's not my power, but it's His. It's His. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's His strength that is perfect. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in His power, the weak. Become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. And it is, isn't it? It is. So, so I believe, and it seems to me, that in everything give thanks means that even in the midst of adversity, even in the midst of trials, tribulation, and persecution, that we are yet to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And we sang that that song quite often. Blessed be your name. You give and take away. But still my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. To bless His name and give thanks to God for His mercy and His grace toward us when we read so often that Habakkuk the third chapter let's read those last three verses of that book one more time Habakkuk third chapter last three verses of the book though the fig tree may not blossom no fruit nor fruit beyond the vine though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may be cut off from the food and there is no herd in the stalls he's, he's in quite a predicament isn't he This is quite a condition. What all has he lost? He's lost it all. And what does he say? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. That's the Lord. He will strengthen us. He will strengthen us. Even in those times where it seems we're almost to the point of losing it all. What did Job say, that great proclamation? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will trust him. I will trust him. Let me read a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Quote, Here is a 
standing reason for thanksgiving. Although we may not always be healthy, nor always prosperous, yet God is always good. And therefore, there is always a sufficient argument for giving thanks unto Jehovah. That He is a good God, essentially, that He cannot be otherwise than good, should be a foundation out of which the richest praise and thanksgiving should perpetually flow. End quote. That's good. That's good. May, may we not let circumstances and feelings control our lives, but rather to acknowledge and know that in all things, God is in control. And I know <laughs> that's become an anthem for some of you. And, and I tell you what, I've got it there. Put the words up. I still can't get through the melody line of them verses. And I, and I want to just read them this morning. God is in control. Did I put up that in there, Chase? This is no time for fear. This is a time for faith and determination. Like I said earlier, not retreat, but sound revelry. Don't lose the vision here. What's our vision? For, for the child of God, where does their vision come from? It comes from this right here, from the Word of God. Don't lose the vision. Don't get carried away by emotion. Hold on to all that you hide in your heart, child of God. What are you supposed to have hidden in your heart that you might not sin against God? His Word, His Word, His Word. There's one thing that has always been true and holds the world together. And let's go ahead and do verse 2. This, this is the one that Sharon pointed out to me that is so apropos for today. History marches on. There is a bottom line drawn across the ages. Culture can make its plan. And that, that's going on right now, isn't it? All people are making their plans. The squad's making their plan. Everything's, everybody's got a plan. And, and, it, and it's going to. Drawn across the ages, culture can make its plan. Oh, but the line never changes. Because He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because His Word is truth, the only absolute truth on the face of this planet, and it will always remain the same. Culture can make its plan all but the line never changes, no matter how the deception may fly. No matter how the deception may fly, fly, there is one thing that has always been true and will be true forevermore. And then we, now we can sing. God is in control. We believe that His children will not be forsaken God is in control. We will choose to remember and never be shaken. There is no power above or beside Him we know. Oh, God is in control. Oh, God is in control. And, and we, the, the little tag or the bridge is there, I think. He has never let you worry now. Why start to worry now? He is still the Lord of all we see. 
And he is still the loving father watching over you and me. And that's true, isn't it? Because he's in control. He's in control. And if some of you don't recognize that, that's an old Twilight Paris song. Dawn, that was back in your day, right? Back when you was a teenager. And uh, I think you even got to go hear her and, and hear her sing that song. And uh, and you probably brought it to me. Dad, listen to this. I got this cassette. Yeah, it was cassettes back then, right? Listen to my cassette. And uh, Even though at a particular moment we may not truly understand why we are facing something in life, Always remember and never forget, God is in control. Amen? See, all of this can only happen when we are led and controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And walk according to the Spirit. And walk according to the truth that's found in the Word of God. Standing firm and not wavering in unbelief at the promises of God. Oh, may we never... That, that, that's what we need to remember for the days to come. Don't waver in unbelief. But stand firm on the promises of God. And I got this uh, this from uh, Desiring God website. Just let me read. Quote, The very practice of giving thanks directs our soul's attention away from what burdens us toward the great source of unearned, undeserved, powerful, abounding, and sustaining grace. Giving thanks also helps us see that grace with fresh awareness and see that grace with fresh awareness and renewed hope and joy. That's what thanksgiving is for. To both give God the glory He deserves and to lift yokes from us that feel so heavy in order that we might receive joyful rest for our souls. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Come, come, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. Look to Him. Look to Him. And and they, there's a... Uh, two quotes that was in this, or um, two scriptures from Psalms nine, and and these these are in the uh, from the ESV. That's how they had it. Uh, uh, Psalms nine one and two. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And and then if you drop down verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. The promises of God. Thanksgiving is 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 uh, well I've got more of the quote let me keep reading Thanksgiving is wonderfully healthy for our souls it redirects our attention from focusing on life depleting and faith shrinking concerns to focus on God in Christ who is our life by recalling the varied graces we have received from him through the supreme grace of the cross gratitude inspires joyful worship and sparks our faith, end quote. Now that, that's good. You, you find a lot of good stuff there on that website. Child of God, may we look to the eternal things, the inheritance that God our Father has qualified us for, eternal life with Him, 
And may it cause us to overflow with thanksgiving. Let me read some more verses of thanksgiving. In Psalm 69, verse 30. 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. To to magnify the name of the Lord. I went and looked that up. uh, Magnify. The the word that was translated was uh, gadal. To lift up to make much of, to increase, to glory in. So shouldn't that be what we do in magnifying Him? To make much of Him, that that He would increase, I would decrease. That, That was John the Baptist, wasn't it? Talking about Christ. To glory in, to make much of. That that would be the mark of every born again child of God. Let's go, Psalms 40 verse 16. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. The Lord be made much of. The Lord be made to increase in our heart and in our praise and in our worship. About Psalms 34, the first three verses. Psalms 34, first three verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. O soul make its boast in the Lord. Does that sound a little bit familiar? Does that sound like something the Apostle Paul said in Galatians the 6th chapter? Verse 14, Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should boast, that I should glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. To boast in Him, to boast in the cross, to glory in the work of the cross that Christ has done on our behalf. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That covers it, doesn't it? Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, all that we would do it all to the glory of God. Everything that God may be magnified. Again, in Psalms, verse 77, or chapter 77, verses 11 and 12, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. So that comes back to that, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, doesn't it? Oh, may we talk of his great deeds. May we give testimony of what he has done in our life to remember the Lord, remember his mighty works, and remember his exceeding greatness in showing grace to us, toward us who believe. And when we remember the greatness of God, the response will be thanksgiving. Hebrews 13.15 Therefore by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Let me just read Psalms 34.1 again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. I pray that 
that we can be reminded of this over and over and over again as a child of God. We don't know what we're going to face in the days ahead, but what may we face what lies ahead as a true believer, as a child of God that can take His great and precious promises and say God is good all the time and trust Him in the midst of all of it. The, the old hymn that says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. How I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Has He ever let you down, child of God? Has He ever let you down? No, He hasn't. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we give thanks for Your Word, for Your great and precious promises toward us who believe. And Father, even in the midst of saying that, I just pray that, that even now, should there be anyone in the midst here or or who will later listen to this sermon, if they yet are lost, they're an unbeliever. They are far from Your great and precious promises. That Lord, that, that by the truth of Your Word and by the power of Your Holy Spirit, that You would have mercy. That You would open eyes that they may see. That You would breathe life into deadness. And that they might see Your glory and, and see Your holiness and in the midst of, of seeing You, that their sin will be revealed. They will recognize themselves before You as a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, grant them faith then that they might believe. And Lord, just extend grace and mercy that they would believe and 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 repent of their sins and turn and follow Christ. And so, Lord, for those of us who are believers, children of God, born again, help us to persevere. Help us to endure uh, with great joy whatever may come across our path in the days ahead. Lord, we do pray for our country in which You have placed us. And, and, and we know that You're in control and we know that You are the one who puts kings and authorities and presidents into power. And Lord, You know what we need and You know who we need. It may not be who we want, but Lord, we will surrender to what You will place before us. So Father, help us in the midst of it to always shine a light of Christ. That Lord, that we will not get down into the muck and the mire in, in just worthless arguments and everything else, but in the midst of it that we will have compassion uh, on others, that we will show love and walk in love, and, and Lord, that we will be bold to speak the truth and yet compassionate enough to speak the truth in love. 
So, Father, help us. We need you. And we are thankful for all that you've granted to us uh, yesterday and today and and what's in store store for us forevermore. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.